0: What's going on, everybody? YL here. You are tuned in to the Rebel Ears podcast. I'm here with my business partner, Ray. How y'all doing, everybody? So today we got a few things we're going to be
1: talking about, but of course, starting off the podcast, letting everybody know the 30% discount code is now null Null and void. void. For those who bought the pack, we just want to say thank you for everybody who supported us. Um, We got a lot of packs out, and we also going to be creating a cheat sheet soon in the near future for it. So basically, for those who bought the slime preset pack, we're going to send you a cheat sheet that'll show you like different compressors and different EQ effects. Like you could try to put together, see how it could formulate something. So that's going to be something we're going to be starting more on, and you know. For the Slime Pack and for the 420 Pack. So thank you for everybody
0: who bought those. Yes, we appreciate you guys' support. Like always, and like Ray was just saying, we, we got some more things coming to the people that are uh, definitely supporting us monetary-wise, uh, products and buying the things that we have online. Again, we appreciate you and just be just stay tuned in for
1: more. So, of course, you know, as soon as you sign up to the website, you'll be getting our podcast and our blogs emailed to you weekly. We always have an email sent out normally Tuesday, Saturday, just to formulate uh, comfort for people who's trying to be more involved with what we got at Rebel Ears. Um, So starting off with this episode, YL and I, we're going to go back memory lane to actually yesterday. So that wasn't long ago. But (laughs) the funny thing about yesterday is uh, YL was hitting me up when I was um, out about the next podcast episode that needed to be uh, mixed because normally he do the mixes and I do the editing. So basically what I do um, after we do the episode of the podcast, I open up the session on Pro Tools. Um, I have YL's audio and my audio um, side-by-side, mono, of course. I cut it, some breathing parts or some mistakes that's been made, and then I crossfade it out so it could be like a natural, like, Fade in, fade out, basically. It flows together. Yeah. And then after I do that, be done in a few, two, two hours possibly. And then I go ahead and send it to YL. But the way we do it now, because to make it easy for the session to go between him and I, he works on the mix, I work on the edits, but so he don't have to worry about. Anything messing up when it comes to, like, if I sit in the session and then there's an a audio missing, like, one part, so many cuts. So I started printing it instead of bouncing it because with me, I learned from Max about printing. So, well, yeah, let's go ahead and break it
0: down between bouncing and printing. Why, you know, they're beneficial in um, your parts. I'm a fan of printing myself for a lot of different reasons. Uh, the same reason you were just explaining um you know just to basically it'll be easier to send your audio files if you print them yeah um versus trying to send a whole list of audio files you might have like say if you just send a session if you open up a session folder and you click on audio files you might have 120 files yeah but that's not 120 pieces of recorded audio um a lot of those different audio files are a little tiny, especially if you made your cuts. And he he makes the cuts because he does the editing. Yeah. So once you cut and you start to cut up all your ad-libs or you cut up, you know, just a lot of the space out of your audio, it cuts up your audio files. So it's easier to print. And you're basically printing a track instead of the audio file itself. You're printing that whole track. So whatever's on that track is getting printed all at one time and that's another good point and that's one reason why uh, he started printing and sending me the prints. You can still send them in WAV files and everything. Um, The main reason why I like printing um, well before definitely earlier when I started mixing a lot recording at a lot of different studios they they had a lot of plugins that I didn't have. Yeah. And um, I mean I'm stacked up now but before then it was like when you print, you're printing the sound. So basically the effects, yeah. You're you're printing the effects. So when I was recording at different studios and yeah. using, you know, these great plugins that they have that I don't have, if I would just save the session and bring the session back up and and my mixing station, it wouldn't sound the same because I don't have those plugins. So yeah, the sound that I created in the studio that the artist fell in love with uh would disappear. I would have to try to recreate that sound using different plugins. And it's difficult. It takes time. It's not difficult. It just takes a lot more time when you're mixing. So I started printing to print out those effects. And then when I get home I have those effects on that audio. It's still on that track. And you know, bouncing you know of course you're gonna do a bounce after your final mix and, you know, different things like that. Yeah. Um if you have if you have like production as far as like instrumentation, you could just bounce that stuff out. Um, but printing it definitely cuts down on the amount of audio files you'll have. Yep. And it also, you know, allow you to just keep that same sound that you had before. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a recall sheet if you do if you. That's what I look at it as. If you deal with a lot of analog gear, you know, you got to fill out your recall sheets because when you leave the studio, you got to put everything back on Unity. Yeah, just like you know? an
1: uh, assistant engineer or an intern, you know, getting right. the studio mm-hmm. ready for the next artist. Exactly. So, yeah. So, with me, with printing, because I learned from Max and Dan, that was the reason why, you know, to get the effects of whatever they do in the studio just in case if you want to mix it at home mm-hmm. on your laptop because Steve Habicki mixes... his laptop all the time he records through his laptop also so i do know the benefits of printing especially when you have this big huge Huge, session for a record label and you know you have the multiple artists they're using just that artist by themselves probably using at least 20 plugins Mm -hmm. because when they get it in depth especially with the instrumentations um the audio you got to cut down on the plug especially when it comes to like the final mixing of it especially when you send it to the master engineer
0: it helps you to balance everything out that's a great point too processing that's a man that's a great point yeah because you can print you can print it down and put it on that put that print on a blank track and then you can and make all of your your other the original track with all of the processing on it with all of your plugins on it you can mute it. You can, you know, it, make it inactive, yeah. hide it. Um, if you if you're super confident, and you can even get rid of those plugins just so you save processing on your own Pro Tools. But make sure
1: you have a session saved before you do that. Mm-hmm. So with me, every time you know I open a session another day, I call it like M one or M two for mix one, mix two, mm-hmm. because it helps you to stay organized. Let's say. Before you um, start printing, I would save a new session. Well, not a new session, but I would just save as a way of making sure before printing. And then you have another session that says after printing. Mm-hmm. So if you made an effect after you printed um, everything and you deleted some of the plugin, you can just go to that last session, open it up, print it again, and just import it into that session.
0: Right. And, I mean, printing printing is pretty simple the way I do it. um, I'll take my audio track. Yeah. It depends on what I'm doing. Like, sometimes I'll print, like, a whole... Like, I'll print out a whole... What, um, verse. verse? Nah, like, yeah, a yeah, whole verse yeah. with the ad-libs in the print and all. But when... in um, a lot of times, th- those have been, like, special situations. Yeah. Because it's not really ideal, but I've done it for certain artists. Um, but usually, I'll just take... Say I'll take the lead track I will route that lead track to an aux. Yeah. And then route that aux to an audio track. And then the audio track that you're routing your aux to, you press record on it. And that's how you print. And you just hit the spacebar, let it play. And as that one track plays out through your aux, it's recording on that empty audio track. So if if you had a um, if nobody knows how to print or whoever listening wanted to know what printing was and how to do it. That's a pretty simple explanation, and um, outside of that, there's plenty of self-help videos out there for you. Oh, yeah, Google and YouTube. YouTube University. So when it
1: comes to printing, something that is similar to it, it's in another category, bouncing. Mm-hmm. So let's say um, you're leaving a studio. You might hear the artist tell the engineer, hey, can you just bounce that out for me? Okay, that's different than printing because bouncing it out is basically you know you have you know the session that y'all had today recording mixing session whatever the artist just want uh mp3 or a wave version of the track itself everything so go ahead and i guess i
0: talked the basics of well, bouncing bouncing is a lot simpler than printing it's usually what you would do like you know at the at, after I print, I bounce. Yeah. You know, that's basically the only way the artist or the producer is going to get that whole file as far as the song itself. Sometimes, I mean, every, I, I encourage every artist to make sure you have your sessions in a, on a hard drive. But a lot of artists, they don't care about the session, but they want something to go home and listen to yeah. before it gets mixed or however. And so bouncing, you'll just highlight every single track. You'll highlight it from the beginning to the end after you do your final fade out on the end. And you'll hit um, Option, Command, B if you're using Pro Tools. Yeah. Option, Command, B if you're using Mac. And I think, what is it, Alt? What, Control? Control? Yeah, it's, what is it um, on on Microsoft? I use mostly Apple. I think it's Control.
1: I don't. We, I'm a Mac person. So. It's,
0: I think it's Windows Control B, something like that. Oh, the icon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, so and then it's gonna ask you to bounce, and it gives you the opportunity to bounce WAV files, MP3 files. Um, it's another file on there that I never use. so I'm not gonna flex. <laughs> um. And you know you get to choose your buffer size and you know your yeah. um, your Understand bit depth your and all size, of that.
1: Research that.
0: Um, and always bounce interleaved. If you've ever got a bounce where it only plays through the left speaker or the left headphone is because it's not interleaved interleaved is stereo you want a stereo bounce always so anytime yeah. you see interleaved on any menu even when you start your sessions it's going to ask you if you want to interleave you always check interleave um let me see i mean that's pretty much it about bouncing man it's pretty simple um just make sure you got everything routed to your master because whatever's not on that master is not going to get bounced Because uh, once you get to the bounce menu, it's gonna ask you what your output is. And nine times out of 10, your output is gonna be the master track, whether you create one or not. So make sure everything is routed correctly. Make sure all your auxes are going to your master track. And you just, I mean, basically, you're just bouncing out what you did exactly
1: and good tip on the um, key command when it comes to bouncing you said command option b right
0: yeah option command b
1: okay so this is in between bouncing and printing so this is um basically consolidating a file uh, track so this key command is shift option three shift option three so basically what you would do let's say if you cut you you're doing the first verse right And there's like a lot of breathings. You cut those off. You do some cross phase. You uh, fix it up the way you want it to. But you just want to have one um, waveform of the whole first verse. So what you would do, you would highlight the whole verse. And then you will just click shift option three. And then it'll consolidate the track as one whole um, waveform. So it makes it easy for you to like... um, in a way, it's kind of like printing, but it doesn't print the effects. It's only printing the actual waveform. So right. the effect that's actually in the track itself is not printing. Printing, you know, you have to record from another track itself.
0: Right. It basically, um, consolidating tracks, just basically, after you made all your cuts, you cut out the breaths and, the you know, bumping into the mic, different things like that that you want to cut out in the empty space. Once you consolidate it, you go from having... Eight to twelve different cuts on the verse to one whole track again. Yep. Just like Ray was saying, and the whatever edits you did will still be in place. So all of the cuts you made will still be cut out, but you you're basically bringing that track back into one full track instead of eight little tiny audio files.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, going back to routing because you were talking about that when it comes to the master fader, you want everything to go to the master fader, of course, that's your output 1 2. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: do you have a submaster in your sessions? I'm trying to remember. I think we had a discussion um, about it before. I do. It, man, it really depends like Yeah. For some reason like it depends on like the artist, it depends on the song. You know, if I have a two track, I'm probably not gonna use a sub master. Um, and I've I've done it before with two tracks, but I just feel like two tracks. Is, I'm already so limited to what I yeah. can do, especially to the actual beat itself. Um, but like, if I have track outs, I do use sub masters. I use. Yeah. Pretty, i pretty much put an ox on on everything every piano i mean all the horns if it's multiple horns the horns get their own ox the drums get their own ox if it's multiple guitars they get their own ox and then yeah. they go into a big instrument ox <laughs> <laughs> and then exactly. all the drums go into one big drum ox, like kick, and all of that snare, goes into it yeah.
1: they go into the drum ox. yeah so mm-hmm.
0: yeah so yeah I, I use uh masters um I would say one thing that I make sure I always do when routing, to me probably one of the most important things that I always do and I always use, is my sub mix. Especially when I'm doing, well, it's my sub, but so, yeah. basically it'll be, you know, my drum sub, uh, my instruments, sub, uh, my hook sub. Uh, uh, you know, artist one, his his ox, artist two has their own ox. Mm-hmm. And I and one reason why and you don't have to mix like that to be honest, but the reason I do it is cause I like being organized. Yeah. So I name every single track, every single track I name every single ox. Um like you will never see like you'll never see the the actual input or like the, the destination of where it's going. You don't know. Yeah. If it's thirteen and fourteen, or if it's one and two, when you're bus, bussing, one and two, yeah, bus 13, 14, you won't yeah. know what bus it is because it's gonna actually say, you know, vocals, hook, you know, um, drums, different things like that. It might say, you know, guitars. It might say special effects, whatever I'm doing. So, yeah, delay,
1: reverb, yeah,
0: yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I name everything, and that's that's one reason why I use so many different. Uh, bus subs you don't have to everybody makes it differently you gotta find your niche you know yeah
1: so with me I do know I do like when I'm using auxes I like to experiment so right with sometimes you wanna do like parallel compressions stack Mm -hmm. compressions there's different ways of using routing to change the effects of a track itself because with me what I learned from Steve is he normally don't put any effects on the track itself just to keep the raw energy and put all the effects on the aux itself. Some mm-hmm. people put a compressor EQ on that actual track and then another compressor EQ on um, the vocal track. So that is um, parallel compression. Right. Stat compression is basically having like two compressors on the same track itself. Yeah, so either on the, the track itself or the aux.
0: Yeah. Um, I do both ways, man. I actually remember talking to you about how Steve was showing you how he instead of putting a lot of plugins on the the actual raw track, he yeah. uses the oxes. And um actually talking to you a few years ago about that, I actually started doing that for some of my mixes. Yeah. And um one thing I can say I like about that is I now I can control the scene. So mm-hmm. one thing that I do, like when it comes to like pitch correction, auto-tune, different things like that, I throw those on oxes now. That way mm. I can really control how much. Like, you can control it on the, actual, on the actual track itself, but you got a lot of artists that don't like autotune, but yeah. they they kind of need it. Yeah. They don't know they need it, but you, you know they it need it. You can get to them it. slightly. But they don't, they don't really want it. You, they don't want to hear it. And yeah. You got to respect their sound. So instead of trying to throw it on the actual track itself and then play with all the parameters in yeah. the plug-in itself, I throw it on the aux play with the parameters and now i can control how much of what i've done that i want to add to the vocals and i actually got that from talking to you and you got that from steve so y'all see how information passes man oh yeah you gotta learn something new
1: in any field that you're interested in our field is of course audio visuals some people might be um selling cars some might be you know a hobby sports whatever it is you know take an interest to learn as much as you can
0: Definitely, you can learn from anybody, and I would advise you to be around those type of people that you know you'll learn from on accident. You know,
1: yeah, just
0: off of a simple conversation, you'll be to learn something. And uh, I, I definitely took that. Uh, when you told me that, I just started experimenting, like you saying, trying yeah. new things, bro. And I was just like, I'm gonna try to put auto tune on the ox. It, it It always works now. Yeah, like, yeah, it, it always works. And the
1: artist be like, Hey, it sounds melodic. Like I don't hear no auto tune, but it just captures so that's the thing so speaking on you know things can happen like the first time like an accident talking to Kwaku shout out to Kwaku shout out Kwaku yeah he um the reason a lot of this has formulated was by his help him invested in Rebel Ears so shout out to him Brandon is a big thing he has his own company called Rebellity um Rebellity Rebellity is actually sponsoring um, Rebel Ears, so thank you, Rebellity. When it comes to branding, I learned from Kwaku, of course, you want the LLC, but you also want to trademark in any legal um, situation. The reason for it, because with Rebel Ears, we own it, so it's a different kind of things we can do to expand our company that we started from the ground up. Instead of trying to figure it out. Kwaku was always helping me from, you know, getting the LLC, figuring out a way to get a logo, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. figuring out, you know, the website, actually. Yep. And, you know, with the podcast forming, it all made sense, you know, having it all trafficking to the website. So the branding of Rebel Ears is constantly the logo and the website.
0: Yep. And one thing, one big thing about branding is, and we actually learned a little bit of branding. I think it was that fourth semester, at SAE, we talked about branding a little bit. Wait, with Dave on? Yeah. Wait, is that fourth semester? Was it fourth or third?
1: Wait, who was it? Um Tim or it wasn't Mark. He was
0: It wasn't Mark. It might have been Bill or Tim. Oh, Tina. Bill.
1: I think it was Bill because he was leaving. Cuz they
0: were they were we you, you know they were talking to us about you know, different colors, different things that attract oh, the Oh, Like eye.
1: McDonald's, like the M, the golden arch is different yellow stems. for a reason, but the uh, the background is red for reasons. So right. basically, um, the M on uh, McDonald's is supposed to be comforting, yellow, inviting you in. But the red behind the image is actually a way for you to like come and go. It's kind of like you know a fast pace, not even noticing. How, you know, if you have a red car, you are most likely to get stopped by a cop just because of the color itself. It's crazy, but it's um. You're probably most
0: likely to even drive it differently. Yeah. Just because it's red. I mean, it's just we learned a lot of things about you know subconscious um, symbols and different things like that. So to say that, uh, when you're working on your brand, I think the biggest thing is make sure once you get your logo. Yeah. Once you have, make sure that you own your logo, it's your logo, nobody else can use it. You got a trademark. Um, I would say make sure you put the brand out there. Like, just throw it in their face yeah. every chance you get. Stamp it on every picture you post. You know, stamp it on every email you send. I don't care if you're letters in the mail. Put yep. your sticker on it. Um, you know, get your T-shirts. Just anything you can do to where your brand is everywhere plaster it on your car. Yep. And what'll happen is people might not be familiar with your brand, but they'll be familiar with your logo. Yeah. And when they understand what the brand is, they're already familiar with the logo. So subconsciously, now they feel that they're familiar with your business and they might want to support you even more because it's like, I've seen them everywhere. Yeah. You put the work in.
1: So when it comes to Inventory. When it comes to branding, we invested in a lot from Rebel Year stickers, hats, mugs, pop sockets, banners on the way, banner on the way, yeah, Um, pop sockets, business cards. Yep. Next is going to be bottle openers, t-shirts. Bottle openers are yeah, bottle openers definitely next. Yeah, people are attracted to bottle openers because it's a necessity.
0: Yep, you can't go wrong. Like yeah. Some waters come with where they need a bottle opener. You know, it comes with that aluminum top.
1: Oh, you mean so, um, Grigio?
0: Yeah, I mean it's a few of them out there that I be that I always see in the hotels and stuff. I don't, I don't like sparkling water, so I don't drink it. It's cool, but um, I mean, you know, you can use it as a can opener if you drink mm-hmm. sodas and so whatever. But the thing about it is too, you know, so a, a lot of the things that we invested in was to put it in people's face. Every time they see us on the podcast and they see us, they see we're wearing or something around us is always going to say Rebel Ears. Yeah. The second thing about that, uh, where the pop sockets and bottle openers on the way, things like that are coming into play, it's a necessity. But Mm -hmm. it's a necessity that people don't think about, oh, I really, really need this. More so, oh yeah, I'll use that. Versus, it's almost like Sometimes you might, you know, some people have had multiple stages of where they had business cards. And you pass yeah. them business cards out, you never get calls. And people crumple them up and your flyers and different things like that. And for almost the same price, you can literally just buy a bunch of bottle openers or a yeah. bunch of, you know, little keychain flashlights with your logo on it and your website on the back of it. And people will actually be like, eh. I can actually clip this to my key ring because I will, I will use this. Yeah. Now, every day, what are you doing? You're putting it in their face. So eventually, they're going to be like, man, I got this bottle opener three months ago from this guy. Let me yeah. see what it's all about. And now they come on and they support you because they feel like they know you.
1: Yeah. And it is actually proven when it comes to, the, um, I guess, the ratio of people actually going to the website or calling the number whatever it is Mm -hmm. is basically what you give away that triggers like a subconscious image so this been proven like literally a thousand times in front of me at different conventions Mm -hmm. when they have like different booths there every booth they have something to advertise they might have a flyer a banner bottle opener keychain shirts whatever it is but the thing is it's a consistent advertisement because if you had a convention center right let's say we had an audio convention center like um what is it um aes or
0: or NAM different things like that
1: yeah NAM. we got to go to NAM. yeah 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 so let's say we go into an audio convention center right um a good gear um universal audio Mm -hmm. they probably got um some hard drives like flashcards or a lanyard and while you walk it around the um, convention center people are constantly seeing Universal Audio on the lanyard if you're wearing that if they gave you a shirt you know you wear you post it on social media it's all about
0: branding all about branding even yeah. down to the little plastic bag they give you is going to... The <laughs> yeah, little just, gift bag, you know? Just hold
1: everybody else's stuff in our bag. In our bag. <laughs> like,
0: it's huge when you, when you talk about branding, you know? It's just... And the, what we're learning also is, you know, the sky's the limit when you talk about branding. There's so yep. many different things that go in with branding and marketing so many different ways, you know? And... Like, the way I believe when it comes to branding and, and marketing your brand, I, I believe it's a numbers game. Yeah. If you can get it to 100, 60 a look at it. Out of that 60, 20 will engage in it. hmm You know, and sometimes the numbers will be better than that or worse than that. But the thing about it is, it's one of those things where you won't know if you don't try. If you can get to 200 people, then you'll double those numbers or whatever yep. you got when you only got to 100. and being able to put it in people's face you got a solid brand you got solid marketing I mean eventually you will be a household name just because of that logo and you really just putting this brand out here man
1: exactly let's go ahead and talk about our new blog post so time based effects when it comes to reverb
0: yeah 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 so new blog coming out you gotta make sure you know you guys get on the website and leave comments you know, we we definitely appreciate feedback, constructive criticism. Of course. And, you know, if you guys can read the new blog coming out on time-based effects, this is probably going to be one of the longer blogs we've had because time-based effects are so uh, complex, I guess yeah. you can say. Um, but one of the main time-based effects that people love but might not know is Reverb. You know, reverbs and delays, they both go hand in hand. And I was just actually looking at a video like three days ago about reverse reverberation and reverse delays. And, I mean, I've I've never done it, actually, but I'm going to start trying it, you know what I'm saying? Because I hear a lot of different sounds Mm -hmm. in you know, songs on the radio and songs on iTunes and different nature. And... I hear, like, I hear something, I be like, oh, that's fine. And I know that maybe a producer did it, but it sounds like, okay, that might, you know. And what I've been hearing is the reverse reverberation. Yeah. And I stumbled upon a video about it. And the thing about reverb is, like, it's a gift and a curse. Like, for people who mix, I know we've been on both sides where somebody might be like, hey, man, it sounds like I'm in a tunnel a little bit. You know what I'm saying, so, so much you got go. And then when you hear, it and you when he, when he tells you that he don't know that it's too much reverb on the track. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And then you hear it, and you be like, okay, when he say that, that just mean he want me to turn the reverb down. So you can yeah. literally go in, turn your send down, you know. And next thing you know, he's happy with the mix, or vice versa. On the end, where you be like, yeah, man, it's a little too dry for me, or. You know, I kind of want to sound underwater and different things like that, like you can you can make so many different sounds with reverb. That's true. And one thing that I've been experimenting in for years is combining filters and reverbs together. Especially oh, yeah. like on intros and like even on like instruments like man, there's so much you can do with reverb. Y'all go check the new blog out.
1: Yeah. Okay, so two things real quick when it comes to um Reverse um reverb. Mm-hmm. And also when it comes to an effect, I do it with a reverb and a side chain. So the first one when it came to the reverse reverb, the first time I noticed it was Steve showed me he did it on Sway Lee's hook on
0: Black Beatles. Right. And because, see those are the yeah. type of songs you'll hear him on. Yeah. Yeah. And he showed me
1: because he had to bring up that session to do Nicki Minaj's remix on um the Barbie um Barbie Beatles. What was it? Black Barbies? Black mm. Barbies. And the remix came out, and I was like, Oh, okay, so that's a re- re- uh, reverse reverb. That was right. my first time seeing it, so it was cool to actually see it like how broad it can go that people remember. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Um, now when it comes to the effect that I use when it comes to the reverb, so this is something that I use to, like, if you, this is kind of, in a way, a Travis Scott feel if you want it to be or if it's something that you just want, like, little effects of. So basically, you have your reverb. You will have it, um, it depends on how wet you want it, probably 80, 90 to 100% wet. I'm trying to think on... Um, like you can chase the effects of it as much as you want. You can make it sound like you're in the halls, you can make it sound like you're in a choir or, you know, outside, whatever you wanted to do. You know, put the reverb how you wanted to. What you would do in um the send you would put a side chain, um, color um reverb side chain. So what you would do, you would have another aux. So this side chain might be um a compressor. So I used the R compressor. You gotta um Mix with the, um, what is it? Oh no, I'm compressor. I'm trying to remember. I got. I'm drawing a blank. With
0: the attack, attack, and release. release,
1: and.
0: Uh, you got. I mean, input, oh, yeah.
1: output. No threshold. Okay, threshold. So I okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So with the R compressor, ratio. Ratio. Okay. So with the R compressor, you know you have your attack, release, ratio, threshold. With the R-Compressor, I would actually put it at a high threshold, I'm trying to believe, because what you want to do, you want it to be like you hear the effects cut out right. through the attack. Right,
0: right, so right. So the
1: release of it, it sounds bigger. Right. But you um, actually, on the send, on the reverb track, you would actually control the effects of how like much reverb you how want much, into it. Right, right. Like That's just a side chain in itself. Mm-hmm. Okay, and with the um, the side chain, you would make it okay for the side chain, the reverb side chain. Of course, you know the um, the input; it doesn't have to be anything because you're not recording into anything. The output would be the side chain reverb, the um, reverb side chain, and that's where it's going to descend
0: of the reverb. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, reverb is amazing. Yeah, it's amazing, and like that's like sometimes. Like, hearing certain certain artists like Sway Lee and yeah. Post Malone and um, a lot of R&B singers, like, you hear those heavy reverb and they sound so good. And um, I would say my go-to would be, Arbor. like, on a, like, this is my favorite thing to do. Like, if you really want to pipe some ad-libs up, like, I'm talking about, like, Pipe them up. It, but it depends on the genre of music you're working on and it depends yeah. on the artist. But like artists that like to rap with um auto-tune and you know have that Atlanta sound, a nice filter on your ad libs. Ad libs panning real nice, like deep reverb, deep, I'm talking about heavy reverb. Well, on the output or the what? Um on the on the scene itself. Oh, now, yeah, okay. yeah, On the, on the sand itself, on the sand itself, you're gonna turn your send up. You're gonna let a lot of reverb into your audio track. Now, so you can the hear re- the effects, right? The it, reverb yeah. itself. Um, I, I I usually don't do a super super long tail because I like working with delays and delay throws on my ad libs. Yeah. Um, but that filter, that heavy reverb, like that. And it, depending on, and I like to EQ my reverb to the artist's voice. Um, so what I'll do is I'll set my parameters for my reverb, put a filter and pan and do some nice automation panning on the ad-libs, send it to the reverb heavily, and throw some quarter delays and half delays on it, and mm. you're gonna get like this Migo, <laughs> Travis Scott when I tell you, bruh. Like, that's my go-to When I deal with certain artists Especially newer artists That I yeah. really haven't dealt with And I'm in the studio And we're recording Just try recording. to get vibe with them Yeah. Try to see, like, okay Let's see Bruh, if they like I this I always work like. on the ad-libs first <laughs> I swear, to, bro I swear I, I work on the ad-libs first Because artists is already going to feel Man, it Man, yeah. the artist yeah. will be like Ooh, what would you do to that? would you <laughs> Yes, sir, I got you then Anything sound like Travis Scott Don't it, my yeah. boy because yeah. it's always
1: an effect they want that they heard.
0: Right, it's, exactly.
1: Some people create something new by okay, good example. You can put like a guitar amp on the vocals. Yep. Or you can put the guitar amp on the kick. I do it. Yeah. You know you don't really have to use the actual plug in what it's entitled for.
0: Yeah, like I don't I don't like to use distortion plugins. You don't? And I i, I rather use not nah, this is this is like on some I deal with a lot of Atlanta like Atlanta sound. Yeah. So, you know, I deal with a lot of auto-tune, probably too much auto-tune. It's always too much auto-tune. I'm always dealing with auto-tune, so, like, when I want to distort, like, ad-libs or intros or, you know, on this specific drop in the beat, I'm going to distort these words right here just to make it stand out or whatever. I don't like using a dis- the distortion plug because it's kind of like, the-, well, the at least the ones that I have, they don't have, like, a body a body like so, I use guitar amps because guitar amps give you like that warmth, like a and then you could control the tone of the amp too. Exactly, yeah. I can control and I can almost EQ it and you know it's gonna. It just gives me more of a I don't know like the distortion is more musical versus what distortion plugin you're using? Um, I've, bro, it's been a long time since I used one. Decapitator, that's like one of my go tos. By sound toy, No, nah, I don't even think I got the capricator. I don't even. <laughs> I mean, Decap- <laughs> I don't even think I have the Nah, yeah. nah. Um, I was using. I try to remember. There's a few. Um, it's I still use like flangers and different things like that. Yeah. Voice, voice uh, boxes and. But like that you use distortion. Voice of God? Nah, By, I use um, um like universal. Nah, I don't have that one either. I use. Oh man! God. I'm trying to think. What is it? a plug plugin? Yeah, I use. Yeah, that's pretty much what I oh, use. You, you talking Waze. about what um waves and one um, knob?
1: It, you talking about that kind of distortion?
0: I don't. Yeah, I had the one knob distortion. I yes. think I just got to reinstall it on my computer, but I don't use it. So, hmm. I, I mean, I really I had all of the one knobs and a few of them. I think I just have to reinstall newer versions or something on. Uh, when I go to my Wave Central, but I don't even use them, bro. Like, I just rather use a guitar amp because I have so many guitar amps. There's so many guitar amp plugins. And then inside of the guitar amp plugin, you can emulate different amps, like the Orange Mm -hmm. amp and, you know, you can emulate different. Yeah, you can emulate different brands and different, you know, you can put a bass amp on it. You can put a treble amp on it, like you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's just really so much more you can do with the guitar amps, man. I'm I'm gonna get more into yeah. Um, put a put a guitar amp on your vocal, see how that sounds. Yeah, I mean, especially if it's like an auto tune type of yeah. Man, I I love it because I mean, like on some standout, like like I said, if I'm say if I put a filter on on the the piano right here, yeah, you know. In that, if it fits, I might put like a guitar amp on the vocals right there to kind of make the vocals stand out a little bit more, and like the guitar amp just add its own reverb to it. It's just, it's magical if yeah, you do exactly. it right. So, this was actually a good episode. We talked about it a lot today. Yeah, we, we had did. a lot of people. We dropped a few jewels, man. Yeah, Keep we got bands, a lot to learn, effects. but we we also know a good amount too, y'all. And um, yeah, you know, hopefully. A lot of the things that we talked about today can't help somebody. Or even, it. like I always say, it can just be confirmation, even if you know these things. You know, hearing other people say what you know always makes you feel better about what you know. So it's it's been a great episode. Yeah. I hope you guys learned a lot. We dropped some gems for sure. This might be one of my favorite ones because we really dug down and got into some, to some real technical talking and, you know, about some... Uh, great topics today of
1: course of course okay everybody we just want to say thank you for supporting us those who's following us on our website thank you for being a subscriber thank you for everybody who uh, reads the blog just want to say thank you for those who hit us up on social media you know commenting on us on our website you know it's we really appreciate it and of course as always from rebel ears till next time keep tuning in
0: this is ray And refuse to sound ordinary, YL.